This is the Indiana Deer News Podcast, your number one resource for anything and everything that has to do with the wild deer herd in Indiana. On this episode, more or less, we're going to have an update discussion. We're going to kind of reflect back on what the current statistics are right now as far as the deer harvest goes. We're going to go over some show ideas into the future, might even touch a little bit on my own reflections of the season, and look forward to the 2022 year, not only the hunting season, but this season of the Indiana Deer News Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. It has been a long time, and that's partly by design. Um, I doubt I do many during the season podcasts uh, solely because one, it's one of the busier times at my work. And when I do have free time, I'm hopefully able to make it out into the woods and the fields and chase the white-tailed deer, which is one of the biggest passions in my life behind God first and family second. So that's first things first, um, is that apologies for that. I know some of you guys have been wondering, where's the newest one? But you know what? During the hunting season, I promise to always make an episode, however, um, given what I just said, if something news-breaking or newsworthy happens. Um, A good example of this would be the almost in-season or the last-minute changes we experienced two years ago to uh, the quotas down in southern Indiana during that EHD outbreak year. Um, Perhaps, knock on wood, it doesn't happen because I don't have to deal with the headaches that might fall out from it and the uh, contentious conversations which would occur. But if, say, CWD would be um, discovered and confirmed during season, I'd probably have a break, uh, a news breaking, if you will, episode during the season. But really, I think the season needs to be a time frame where we focus on what we can in our lives to uh, be there for our families, because Lord knows many of us, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like me, it probably is a time frame where you aren't there as much as you normally are, because you're out chasing the deer and uh, the fact that we all love hunting so much. So, That's kind of a a little bit of housekeeping, if you will. That's why there's probably never going to be a lot of episodes in season. Next year, maybe I'll try to do some uh, harvest updates and some reflections on the fly, if you will. But there'll never be a large or long podcast. This episode of the podcast is also going to be a rather short one. There's not going to be a guest on this uh, podcast. I know almost every single time you've ever heard from me, there's been somebody here to discuss something um, from Pat McGovern at the project coordinator for the Integrated Deer Management to uh, Mariah Bogus, the former deer biologist, Joe Caudell, the other deer biologist, and now current again. Uh, we've had some great guests on here, Dan Eckstein and others, Amanda Wiestefeld. But uh, this episode, more or less, is going to be, we're going to kind of talk about what's up in 2022. Um, What do we have moving forward? And I'm also going to petition those of you listening to please write in and provide show ideas. Is there a person you think the Hoosier population of Hoosier deer hunters would love to listen from or would find extremely informative or they would uh, garner some great education from? If there is a recommendation or there is a thought, please share it with me. Indiana Deer News Podcast at gmail.com. If you're friends with me, private message me. If not, you 
look up the page on Facebook. Um, you can always message the, the page. There's also a post on there if you scroll through the recent posts. I don't waste a lot of space or um, vomit out, as I like to put it, a lot of posts there. So typically if there's a post there, it's because I need feedback or it's something that I deemed worthy of sharing or something that I think most people need to hear about or a new episode has dropped. So well, however you got here... Um, Thanks for joining in. Thanks for supporting the Indiana Deer News podcast by just chiming in. And take that a step further and help us produce content or help me produce content here that people find interesting, that people find educational, and people can learn from. After all, that is the number one goal of the Indiana Deer News podcast, to be your number one resource for anything and everything that has to do with the wild deer herd here in Indiana. So uh, one more quick little bit of housekeeping as well is the fact you're going to see that the Indiana Deer News podcast website is going to be going through some changes. So right now, if you type in indianadeernews.com, I believe, see, this is I'm, there's some changes going on right now, so apologies. Um, sorry, indianadeernewspodcast.com. It's still active as of the recording of this January 11th. However you are going to be seeing that here very soon when you type in indianadeernewspodcast.com, that's not going to work anymore. A couple different reasons for that. Um, You will be able to visit the website. The website is still going to be active. It's going to be a free um, domain, generated domain with Wix in the title of it and everything like that. When that update happens, you'll see the Facebook page switch, and that link will occur. You can still, I know some of you actually go to the website to listen to the podcast. There's a podcast tab podcast tab there. Um, a lot of people who don't have apps or smartphones in that nature, they use the website to listen to the podcast episodes. So you're still going to be able to do that. You're just going to have to update the, the URL or the custom domain. And the reason for that is, guys, uh, this is not all free. Um, I pay and do all of this out of my own pocket. There is no sponsorship money yet that's coming in. There is no partners that help produce this. This is all mine. So I made a decision to cut back some of my budgetary items and the donation of my time and energy and still producing the content is going to have to suffice. So in order to have the custom domain um, and I was going to buy a few years at a time, it was going to be again about over $200 invested and I just didn't feel it necessary to do that. I can still deliver the same content to you. I can still deliver for the most part everything that I could prior. I can't analyze data. I can't there's a few functionality issues on the website that'll go away without um, paying a higher fee. but you know what in the end, I don't think it's worth it and most of you listen to Indiana Deer News podcast via streaming sources like iTunes or Podbean or a wide gamut anchor, whatever your podcast uh, streaming app is, that will stay uninterrupted at all. So you don't have to worry about that. But just be cognizant of that. If you save it, if you have it saved on your um, computer somewhere or on your phone, that URL will cease to be active here in the middle of January. So looking forward into 2022, um, before we kind of get into the harvest totals that we're at right now, which are still subject to change because Obviously, we still have reduction zones occurring through until the end of January, I believe. Um, I don't have that exact date. I believe it is January 30th this year. Let's look that up really quick. Reduction zone, Indiana, dates. 
runs through January 31st. That's what I thought. I just did not want to misspeak there. So January 31st will be the last day of hunting occurring in Indiana for uh, for deer. And then, obviously, there's the time frame where reporting harvest might happen. So look for the first week of February. We'll be able to lock in the uh, total for the most part. Obviously, there may still be some reportings that the DNR and Joe has to research, and it could change. But uh, speaking of Joe, here's a list of some of the requests that I've made to the Indiana DNR and the Division of Fish and Wildlife for some future episodes. These are partially based on that I know you will want to hear them and a few things that some actual listeners or other Indiana deer hunters recommended to me. So the first is we're going to have an update and reflection with Joe Caudell. Um, I want to have Joe on reflect back on the 2021 deer season at the time of him being on, we may be able to begin to, uh, extract and take thoughts and speculation on some of the data that he's interpreting. I know he's deep into that right now. Um, I want to also discuss the proposals, which Mariah outlined with me last year on the episode. I think it was in September. Where are we at in those right now? Will any of them change? Um, how Joe can study and extract valuable information for making management decisions. The integrated deer study, uh, what all have we learned from that? I know that's going to take a while to pour through, but just kind of an update. Uh, CWD status update, and has there been any changes since the last time Mariah shared with us kind of the plan and such? Um, after hunt surveys and their importance, stress that again, and, and did we have a better um, turnout this year for after hunt surveys proactively looking forward to the 2022 season and changes possibly to come so I want to have Joe on Joe has already emailed me back we're, we're gonna try to set up a few dates we're actually gonna probably have Joe on twice one time is gonna be fairly soon hopefully you know end of January early February at the latest and then I, I look forward to having him back on kind of in the middle of July when for the most part, He's pretty much polished off the majority of his ideas. He's probably busy in um, building the deer summary for the year and maybe even able to release to us portions of it as he's done in the past, begin that rollout of information to us. Another discussion that I want to have on, you know, we had Dan Eckstein on. He was the Southwest Regional Public Land Supervisor, kind of an entire region. One thought is somebody was like, well, I want to hear about a specific property or, or a couple properties. So I've actually begun that discussion with, um, I got the list of not only the regional public land supervisors, but a couple recommendations from the uh, DNR media coordinator. And we're looking to have there's two property specifics that are two of the more popular ones for deer hunting um, up here on the northern part of the state, and I'm looking to have them on. We're going to talk about what are some management practices that they're allowed to do, what are they not allowed to do, what have they done, um, what are some specific things that our public land supervisors, actual property managers do, um, what can't they do, kind of describe their roles, and just anything and everything deer-related on those properties to hopefully garner some more specific information. And sometimes we don't understand why properties are managed the way they are, and sometimes sitting down with somebody who's actually the manager of the property, we can garner a lot of information. I know Dan's episode was very insightful on some of the things that they do on a grand scale. He did speak to some specific properties and some of the things that they were going through. So if you haven't listened to that episode, um, scroll back. That is episode nine. It aired July 16th of 2021. And it's just the interview with Dan Eckstein. So 
that's that one. And then a, a really interesting, and this is something that I've always wanted to do, but just kind of in general, I'd really love to sit down and have some law enforcement or ICO, uh, Indiana Conservation Officer, discussions. Um, I think it would be really neat. Anybody who spends any amount of time talking to other hunters, uh, unfortunately logging onto social media, there is a lot of misunderstandings of even some of the most basic laws. So while I would love to hear stories from maybe some conservation officers, which I still think is an idea that I hope to flesh out and get permission to do with some conservation officers, um, one thing that I'd really like to do is paint the picture of a scenario and have somebody who's high enough ranking or is experienced enough that can speak for conservation officers across the state or interpret the law in the fact of, you know, really good scenario, you know, a hunter is hunting a property inside a reduction zone. It is after the start of regular firearm season and, or sorry, it is after the firearm season has closed. So regular firearm season has come and gone. And it is even after the regular muzzleloader season has come and gone. He is archery hunting on this reduction zone property. He has no firearm or muzzleloader with him. Does he legally still need to wear hunter orange? Now I know the majority of you out there are, you've read the regulation guide. It's kind of a black and white thing, but to some, this might be the only avenue they actually hear that yes, you need to be wearing Hunter Orange because in the reduction zone, firearms are still legal given that description. So things like that. I'd really like to have a sit-down conversation, go as in-depth as we can. Um, obviously, there's going to be times where they can't answer a question directly because it depends on the scenario or certain factors that perhaps the scenario isn't clear enough on. But I still think it's a it's a it would be an extremely beneficial episode. So we're looking to kind of coordinate that and figure out how we're going to navigate that. Um, we're working with them, or I'm working with them to try to figure that out. Another thing is I'd really love to have somebody with NRC commission um, actually has served on the NRC uh, panel group board. Um, I forget what they're actually called, um, but I'd love to hear more on that. I understand that maybe we can't have somebody who's presently on the board or is presently a voting member of the NRC, but I'd love to have somebody be able to express those conversations that occur. Because the NRC, if you don't know what they do and the power that they hold and the impact they have on everything, you really need to do yourself a favor and go back and listen to Episode 5 with Sandra Jensen, who is uh, a director of the NRC's Divisions of Hearings. She's their ALJ. Um, that episode in and of itself is extremely informative. That episode aired back in July of 2020. So uh, episode five, NRC discussions with Sandra Jensen. So we'll probably hit a lot of these things multiple times, maybe every year or biannually we'll discuss things because they're, they are very pivotal to our deer hunting in Indiana, our regulations as we know it. Um, 
so those are those are some of the main ones. Joe Caudell, law enforcement, NRC, and another public land supervisor I want to have on. Joe's probably going to have a couple different discussions. I also look forward to possibly having Mariah back on. I know we kind of hinted at that the last one. Just kind of get a perspective outside of our state looking back on Indiana. Maybe we can draw some parallels, some things that are similar, some things that aren't. Sometimes it's neat to just hear another perspective from somebody who has either moved to us from another state or unfortunately moved away from us in his case. But that's kind of the broad ideas. Obviously, if uh, we need to talk about CWD, maybe we could have a whole episode on CWD. Um, Maybe if there's a proposal that's big or hot debated, or maybe there's some topics out there that you guys would like to hear and discuss. Um, You know, you guys and gals, your ideas are going to govern this podcast as well. Because if I'm not producing content that you find interesting or is informative and educational to Indiana deer hunting, then I'm failing. So be sure to share with that. Let's switch gears and check in on the 2021-2022 deer harvest. So right now, now this was like mm, 15 minutes ago. So it could have changed since then but this is january 1st at approximately 8 15 at night the grand total is 112,016 deer now that is just shy of being an even 12,000 short it's actually 12,164 deer short than last year now that's gross totals compared we're about, we are just under 12,000 short of this time last year, comparing the charts. So it is another down year. If we ended today, it will be the second lowest figure in the last seven years. However, that sounds worse or better, depending on your opinion of things. Um, But we have four years that are very close together. So the highest out of the last four, we have 224,000 deer killed um last year was that case which a lot of people think um a lot of people who had free time with covid that was a factor people claim and i think there's some validity to that but 124,000 plus were killed last year and 124,000 plus were killed uh seven seasons ago in the 2015-2016 year then you have 119 in the 16-17 year and then we kind of have a cluster um 111 in 2018, 2019 year, 112 this year so far, 113 in 17, 18, and 114 in 19, 20. So this year is very similar to 17, 18, 18, 19, and 19, 20. If we look just, I'm not going to go through every possible thing, but if we click and just look at antler deer, the antler deer harvest is actually going to be unless something phenomenal happens and over you know about 2000 more bucks are killed in the next 20 days this will be the second highest not the highest but second highest buck total over the last 7 deer seasons um last year was 55,438 this year we're at 53,680. I would expect that number's probably going to wash out around 50, maybe 20 more deer, 20 more bucks get killed. Um, I know there's a lot of reduction zone guys that right now they're basically just waiting on that special buck at this point. Um, so we've only broken, uh, sorry, we've broken 50,000 
five out of those last seven years. But we've only gotten above 53,000 twice this year and last year. Um, the year prior to last year, the 1920 year, it was 51,616. The lowest year in all that, nearly 10,000 less, but not quite, about 9,000 and some change, or um, high 8,000s, uh, if I'm doing the math wrong or right. I don't know. Sorry, it's late. I'm tired. Um, 1718, we killed 44,868 antlered bucks. So... The buck harvest is actually up and is trending up. Um, I would say trending up actually for the last five years. Last year's an anomaly, even though it's technically down from last year. Um, I think a normal trend lined. Uh, if you trend lined it the last five years, it's definitely just gradually going up. We have actually the reverse going on when it comes to does. Or I shouldn't say does, sorry. Antlerless deer. So antlerless, any antlerless deer, deer that qualify. This is button bucks, doe, and shed bucks. Because you got to remember, we do not necessarily track or we tag deer in Indiana by either antlered or antlerless. Their sex actually does not matter. So seven years ago, we killed just shy of 114 deer shy of 74,000 does. Antlerless deer, I keep saying that. Ah, I keep messing up. Um, again, I, I'm tired. This year, this year, we are on pace to probably end up 10,000 antlerless deer down from last year. Now, I have a couple reasons that maybe are factors in this. I have no blanket reason. Unlike some people, I'm not going to espouse to have the definitive answer or the cause for all of this across the board in every county in the state. That's ignorant and naive to say so. Sorry if I offended anybody. It's just true. Um, but 58,336 last year, we harvested 68,742. The two years prior to that, we were between 63,000 and 64,000. The two years prior to that, so we're back to 1617 and 1718. Those years were right either just under 68,000 or 68,500. So they were within, the one was 67,946, the other one was 68,518. So again, we've been kind of trending down ever since the 1718 year, and 1617 was very similar to that year. But basically, since 1516, the trend has been a downward trend in the overall antlerless, antlerless harvest. Which, if you think about it, let's think of a multitude of factors that would for sure be playing a factor to some and in some counties to this antlerless quotas have been dropping now quite consistently statewide um so that would be one factor second factor that ehd breakout that we had i know a lot of hunters down south they really kind of pulled the plug on desiring to kill any antlerless deer hoping to assist in the quick rebound. Deer have proven they can rebound in population very fast as long as the habitat can sustain it, which we can talk about good habitat versus false habitat that people think is good another time. Um, so we've got quotas going down. We've got EHD outbreaks. We've got certain, and with the lower quotas, possibly in some counties, the elimination each year of the late special antlerless season um, this year that antlerless season did not cease to exist 
there was merely no county that qualified for it. Um, moving forward, there could be a county that could resur- resurface into that and qualify. Um, we'll see if the comprehensive um, licenses and antlerless licenses, which Mariah touches on in the episode where he came on and discussed the deer proposals, episode 11, which aired last August, late August, August 29th, if those pass, we'll have to ask Joe, what does that mean for that late special antlerless season? But those are some factors. And also, public input. There has been um, quite a concerted effort by some to educate hunters to understand you know, just because, say, your county has a antlerless quota of eight, you know, we don't have that anymore, but eight, that doesn't necessarily mean that your specific localized deer herd in your county is one that maybe you should target that many. Maybe you really shouldn't target any, or maybe you should only target one. Um, hunter uh, mindset and thinking has shifted some on that. There have been some areas that in the aggressive uh, decline of a herd in an area, hunters are reviewing and rethinking their harvest strategies. Um, Right, wrong, or indifferent, there have been some groups that have really pushed the mindset that, uh, you know, you shouldn't harvest any antlerless deer. Um, That mindset does exist out there. And you know what? In certain areas, there probably is validity to that for sure. Um, it's tough pill for some to swallow, especially if you just are looking to fill your freezer and a doe walks in front of you or an antlerless button buck walks in front of you. But all of those things are factors in the trending downward uh, decline of the antlerless deer harvest. Now, there's this mindset out there, and I've heard it both ways, but I will mention it. I don't personally believe this is a factor that anybody can prove, but... This does not necessarily mean that there are less deer out there because people are harvesting less. Just like it doesn't mean if the harvest is increasing that there's more deer. You can't have that argument both ways. So I really think people need to tread lightly with making either claim and analyze the data as we possibly can which I, Joe breaks that down um, possibly better than anybody, and we're hoping to do that more and more in depth and possibly even provide some videos to illustrate some of the harvest trends, some of the things that we can garner and take away, some of the things that we have to speculate about, some of the things that Joe and his staff can assume, and kind of what is the level of confidence in those assumptions and what causes those confidence levels to increase or decrease depending on the data that is provided to them. So I've rambled on long enough. This is almost going to be a 30-minute podcast. Didn't really want it to go that long, but wanted to touch on some of the ideas moving forward for the episodes. Um, had some misspoken moments, but I'm going to leave those in there. This is a this is a raw podcast. Wasn't really scripted. Didn't really have a plan. Just wanted to get information out to you, set the stage for the 2022 deer year here or the deer podcast indiana deer news podcast season if you will of the 2022 year and petition you you know if you've appreciated the indiana deer news podcast some of the best ways that you can support the podcast if you do want to become a partner i am willing to set up a patreon page where you can provide 
even a dollar an episode will help cover the costs and continue to allow Indiana Deer News to thrive and encourage the production of episodes. Um, Another way is share the podcast, share the page on Facebook. Very minimal, very easy thing to do. It costs you nothing. And, you know, if you run across other hunters, see if they've checked out Indiana Deer News podcast. See if they're listening to the episodes. See what they think about some of the topics which have been discussed. See what they think about the harvest trends. Send them our way. Tell them to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from them. So wherever this finds you, I just pray that your season hopefully was better than mine. Um, Maybe I can share that in future episodes. Very briefly, I dealt with a ton of trespassing. A ton. Um, Luckily, the Lord blessed me with two deer in the freezer. I still might get another reduction deer down to help fill that freezer a little bit more, but was blessed with a, a pretty cool buck. Got it all on film and everything. It was a neat hunt and shot a doe then, uh, or an antlerless deer. It actually ended up being a button buck, uh, discovered, uh, the very next day. And, uh, so yeah, it, it was a good year. Put some deer in the freezer. Was very happy with that. Um, despite the hardships of just tons of trespassing issues. I don't wish that on anybody. So, and uh, maybe we'll have a whole episode on that. Who knows? I can talk about that for a while. So, we've got some updates coming as well. Another show uh, idea is somebody asked for a farmer's perspective on things. I have an email back to that person just kind of asking, what do you mean by that? What more would you like to hear? Um, are you are you think in the direction of like how does i don't know what they mean but you know if you have a thought along those lines hit me up at the indiana deer news podcast at gmail.com message the facebook page hit me up if you know me personally ty miller um whatever it might be wherever you might find yourself i just pray that you find indiana deer news podcast worthwhile listen educational and help us make this the number one resource for indiana deer hunters of the wild deer herd here in indiana This is Ty. God bless and good luck out there.